0: Hey everybody, this is Tanner popping in before the episode begins in earnest because I wanted to drop a little disclaimer or two at the beginning. Uh, First off is that today's episode is about Degrassi, and if you have any familiarity with Degrassi at all then you know that the series can deal with some pretty heavy situations, and me and Lindsay end up discussing those topics and how we feel the best way to portray them on screen would be. So I just wanted to give some quick content and trigger warnings for the topics of drug addiction, eating disorders, body image, and blood donations. We don't necessarily talk about them at length, but I did just want to make sure all of our bases were covered. On a lighter note, this is also the first episode we've ever recorded where we exist in the same room space as each other, because Lindsay is back in town. So that's really great, but it is also the first time we've ever recorded in this environment, so if the sound sounds a bit off, that's like... That's the situation we're in, and I tried my best. I think it's fine, but it's a different quality from what we're used to putting out, and we're working on seeing how we want to roll with this going forward. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much all I needed to say, so enjoy the episode! Hello and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, a podcast where we take our favorite properties and reboot them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fan fiction.
1: I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns.
0: I'm Tanner and I use they, them pronouns. And this week, we're back in Canada. Woo! Whatever it takes, <laughs> I know I can make it through. <laughs> and now it's time for a Degrassi reboot.
1: Oh, okay, Degrassi.
0: Which you kind of knew was on the horizon, because I did, I'm pretty sure I deleted it, but I went on like a 10 minute Degrassi tangent in one of our recent episodes. Yes,
1: yes you did.
0: So, for those of you who have somehow never heard of Degrassi, and apparently there are people, but I guess, I guess that makes sense. It's really only big in Canada, especially after uh, MTV canceled it.
1: Yeah, and um, it used to be used for teaching um, sex ed. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, specifically, Degrassi The Next Generation was a Canadian teen drama series uh, about teens. And they did teen things. Um,
1: Slice of Life Early.
0: Pretty much. It was most notable for being pretty willing to go places where other teen dramas did not want to. Like, for a while, their tagline was Degrassi, It Goes There. (laughs) Oh, wow. Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah. It used to air on Teen Nick in the States. And they once had an online poll of the most It Goes There moments.
1: Oh, wow. I remember, like, the original Degrassi had episodes dealing with, like, teen pregnancy and abortion and all that that were never aired in the United States.
0: Yep. Uh, Pretty similar for the Next Generation series. So what what happened with Degrassi was it started in the 80s, uh, ran for five seasons, and then had, like, a finale TV movie in, I think, 91 or 92.
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: Um... But in the first season, one of the characters, a middle schooler named uh, Emma, no, what was her name? Christine. Christine, yeah. Christine Spike Nelson.
1: She had very spiky 80s hair. She
0: she was the 80s punk rocker. (laughs) Uh, And she had a baby girl named Emma, who was like a part of the series for the rest of the original run. And then when like the year 2001 came around, and the original Degrassi creators were trying to come up with a new show to pitch. And they came up with the idea for a school that was, like, super high-tech and, like, modern and, like, contemporary and had computers and stuff. Uh, but it was 2001. So, like, ah, oh, there is a computer lab and everyone has Macintoshes. Yes. We're going to have a whole class on slideshow making.
1: Yep, that did happen.
0: Um, but basically they realized that instead of just making this a random uh, show about teenagers using computers and calling it Ready, Willing, and Wired, they're like, wait, we could just bring in original Degrassi characters, and also, Emma's about the right age to enter middle school now, too, so what if we just made her the focal character? What if we just made this a sequel to Degrassi? And so Degrassi, <laughs> the next generation, was born and ran for 14 beautiful seasons. <laughs> well, your mileage may vary on some of them. Yeah. Um, they also dealt with all the stuff and more that the original grassy had. So they had pregnancies and they had abortions and drug use and queerness and
1: self-harm, suicide, mental disorders, death. body
0: image, arson. Well, no, I don't think they had any arson. Oh, it was off screen.
1: Yeah.
0: Lakehurst burned down. <laughs> yeah. But we don't know if anyone was responsible for it or if it was just an accident. Yes. Um, full on murder.
1: All sorts of addictions.
0: Yeah. Only about half of which made sense.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, Anya. Oh, Anya, we th- we ran out of ideas for your character after you stopped making yourself solely based off of being Holly J's rival and Sav's girlfriend. So we're going to give you a cocaine addiction and then we don't know how to resolve that either. So you know you're in the Air Force.
1: Oh, wow. She <laughs> went to the danger zone.
0: Yeah. No. Okay. Her character progression was, I'm Holly J's lackey, and she's mean to me. To, I'm Saw's girlfriend, but I don't know how to deal with the fact that his parents want him in an arranged marriage. To, I'm addicted to cocaine and dating a bad boy. To, I'm in the Air Force and have graduated. Goodbye. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She was also a LARPer for a little bit in there.
1: Wow. They really had no idea what to do with her.
0: No. Here's the other thing about Degrassi, especially Next Generation. They just put characters, all, they just come up with like 27 different characters and just start throwing them at the wall and seeing who <laughs> sticks. And it doesn't matter if you're a regular or not. You could be a regular character and only appear for like three episodes in a season, Damien.
1: Oh, oh wow.
0: Dave. But yeah, De- Degrassi good. Yeah. I, sometimes I think about making a Degrassi rewatch podcast. I'm like, do I have the energy for this?
1: Yeah, because would you start with the very first Degrassi? I feel or... like
0: I'd have to. And I probably could, because I think almost all of those were on YouTube, too. Okay. That's the other thing, is that the original production company, uh, Epitome, they've basically uploaded almost every episode of the original series and Next Generation onto YouTube.
1: Well, that's the complete opposite of your average Canadian production company. Yeah.
0: Well, it's, it's because there's rights issues, and, like, they don't have the rights to season 13 and 14, because they changed uh, production, like, they changed who was the p- p- producer of the production company for the seasons 13 and 14. Okay. It was like, that was when they were owned by DHX. Okay. Which means that you'll, you probably won't see a DVD of those seasons for a while. Oh. Those episodes are kind of caught in limbo.
1: Oh.
0: Um, and then with the seasons after that, because they had a brief run on Netflix as Degrassi Next Class, but they only ran for four seasons of ten episodes each for two years, and then Netflix is like, we renewed you, but we didn't actually... And then DHX went bankrupt, and so now Degrassi's is just kind of in the wind. Yeah. So this is here's here's the thing about rebooting DeGrassi is that, or well, making a continuation of DeGrassi, because this is not a reboot. We're not gonna go back to the '80s and completely retread the stories of Snake and Spike and Wheels and Joey.
1: <laughs> oh, Joey.
0: Oh, Joey Jeremiah. You, you. Well, okay. I hear you were a lot. In the original series, you weren't that much of a lot in the sequel series. He was there for a fourth season. He's like, hi, I'm the the adjacent stepdad. Yeah. It was a weird, like, uh, okay. So in season two, they introduced a character named Craig, whose mom had been previously married to Joey, but then they separated and his mom went back to his dad and then his mom died. And so he was stuck with his dad and his dad was abusive, but then his dad died. And so then he was adopted by Joey. Okay. So then he's there, he's living with his stepfather and his half-sister. Craig, one of the... um, okay. There are a lot of characters also in the first two seasons where the character's like, what if this character was gay? And then they just weren't willing to pull the trigger.
1: Uh, Okay.
0: And then, then, but then they had Marco show up in season two and then promote to regular in season three. And then for the longest time, his character arc was just, I'm Marco and I'm the gay. And all my storylines revolve around <laughs> gay stuff. Yeah. And then, like, by, like, the college years for his character, he became, I mean, it was, he still, it was all about relation drama mostly, but it was, like, this could easily have been done with straight characters, and so the only difference is now it's Mark and his boyfriend instead of someone else and their girlfriend, duh, 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 duh. Okay. So, It's it's better. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I like when gay characters have personalities beyond, hello, I am gay. Yes. Around the same time as Marco, you had Paige. Paige, I really liked her character because she was your average high school, like, head cheerleader, head bitch in charge yeah. for the longest time. Yeah. Uh, and then in her senior year of high school, she ends up date falling in love and dating another girl. Okay. And they're together for like, well, they're together for that season, then they break up early the next season, but then they're back together by the end of that season. Uh, <laughs> and then they break up at the end of the next season because the, the our actress, Alex's actress, wanted to move on. Yeah, But it was still like a really interesting, like it was their first foray into something beyond just monosexuality. And the concept of someone being able to be attracted to more than just a single gender. Yeah. Although she never actually says the word bisexual, and uh, Alex is the only girl that Paige ever dates. So it's very much the sense of, oh, this is, like, she even says, Paige was a great exception (laughs) to my usual uh, preferences. Um, and then they had Riley, and it was like, if Marco was the sassy gay, then Riley's the straight gay. And he's like, oh, I want to play football, but I can't play football because I'm gay. I'm going to have to get myself cured of the gay. And then his uh, brief love interest, Fiona's like, Riley, you can't cure gay. And Riley says, well, too bad you can't cure a bitch either.
1: Oh. Wow, <laughs>
0: but then again, teenagers. Teenagers. These are all teens. Also, most of them are played by teens. Yeah, uh, Degrassi does this great thing where they cast they cast characters at the age that the like they cast actors at the age that the characters are. Um, but then they have a weird time dilation going on where most school years last two plus years because each season is a semester.
1: Okay, And yeah.
0: then when a character joins early enough and everything just gets compounded, you get situations where, like, someone's 15 and playing a 15-year-old, but then by the time they graduate, by the time the 18-year-old character graduates, the actor is, like, 22.
1: The creator of the entire Degrassi franchise, Linda Schuyler, has yes. been involved since the beginning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so she's very used to she,
0: it. She, you, every, like, sometimes there's people who are, like, they're involved in the first two seasons, but they still get blamed or, like, credited for every single thing. No, Linda Schuyler, you really can blame and credit for everything that goes right and wrong
1: yeah and she seems like a very responsible person too yeah um i am i am not that familiar with degrassi aside from like individual episodes that i've watched but i have listened to an episode of um
0: was it canada Land?
1: uh yeah i think it was before the spinoff of oppo because jen gerson was uh i think one of the people interviewing her um it was for like a special degrassi thing along with some of the arts people they went into like, uh, what was the impetus for the creation of the series? How they handled the early stuff because they had to like pick up the kids.
0: From oh school. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Skylar had like a van and all that, and it was a bit weird, but hey, it worked out in the end.
0: Yeah. I mean, usually production started near the end of the school year and wrapped up uh, before the next school year started. (laughs) So usually, like, it was during the summer. Which then, of course, it does result in things like, oh, it's the alleged uh, Christmas or Halloween episode, but there's no snow on the ground. (laughs) Um, I think the only time there was ever something close to an exception was season seven, which, like, because of some production weirdness, it started production at, like, the season took place and started production in the middle of January. Okay. So, like, okay, maybe not, but, like, I don't know the exact time I started production, but it was a winter month, and there was snow on the ground, and people were wearing their toques and their jackets and everything. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: I wonder if there was, like, if the teachers had gone on strike, and they're just like, (laughs) sweet! Thank you, unions!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. Here's the first thing, I mean, we kind of said, oh, we're going to give the queer characters more character, even though Degrassi's been kind of good with that. But also, um, Degrassi has this weird tendency, especially Next Generation, of taking the more um, non-feminine girl characters and making them feminine by the end.
1: Oh, Like,
0: when Jane shows up, she's all like, punk rock, combat boots, pants and jeans and leather and joining the football team. Yeah. And by the end, she's wearing dresses and skirts And is, like, the headliner for a band. And it's still a rock band. But, like, it's a lot more feminine thing than what she originally was. Yeah. And, like, the other big example was Grace from, like, near the end of the series. Where, again, she was introduced to very similarly, like, punk and piercings and dyed hair. And she's a hacker and all that kind of stuff. And then, again, she's wearing, like, dresses and skirts and, like, being all about finding love near the end of it. She was also... She's also the biggest... I mean... Actually, I would, I would even say the only exa- big example of queer baiting in the oh. show, because again, like she's she's butch, she's pretty butch, yeah, and sh- she gained a very close friendship with Zoe, a character who realized she was a lesbian near the end of season fourteen after she like befriended Grace, okay. and like there was even season fourteen ended with this um like big, big TV movie. What It ends with Tristan doing a slow-mo run across the beach to kiss his love interest, Miles. And that turns out to just be a dream sequence. But then they say, oh no, and then actually they have Zoe do a slow-motion kiss down the beach to kiss Grace. And then Zoe's like, oh, we'll talk about this when school starts. And then she leaves again. Um, and then the whole next season is Zoe, like, trying to get together with Grace, and they even actually sleep together. And then, like, after that, Grace is, like, tearfully, like, I'm sorry, Zoe, but I'm tragically heterosexual, and I tried to be gay for you, but I just can't with the vagina. Okay. I mean, that's paraphrasing. Yeah. But yeah, and everyone was livid, because what was the point of setting all that stuff up just to have Grace be like, sorry, I got a case of the not-gays? Yeah. And Zoe does get a love interest, her name's Rasha, and she's very good, and people love Zoe and Rasha together, but we're like, okay, but we could have had fucking Zoe and Grace together. Yeah. We could have had three entire lesbians instead of just two.
1: Yeah. So, uh, more lesbians.
0: More lesbians. More characters existing at the same time. Because that was the other thing, was like, those last seasons were pretty much the only time where, I mean, okay, no, I guess Marco and Paige were also contemporaries, but people like to forget about Paige because she was only with Alex for like a year and a half altogether. Like, they weren't together at all in season six, but there are a lot of scenes where Alex and Paige are like, oh, our relationship. And then Alex is like, look, Paige, I have a great new girlfriend who's better than you. And Paige is like, well, fine. Then I'm going to find a new boyfriend who's better than you. And now we're going to, like, yell at each other over a family dinner. And my parents are going to be like, why are all of our kids queer? Because Paige's brother also dated Marco.
1: (laughs) But also teenagers. Also
0: teenagers. (laughs) They just got into college, which means they're actually worse.
1: Yes. Like, we were, we seem to be the exception when it comes to, like, from what I understand about, like, teen relationship drama. Because my dad talks about uh, all of his co-workers who had teenagers about roughly the same time that Ryan and I were teenagers. And they had boyfriends and girlfriends and drama and all... Going out and partying late at night and having to show up to the principal's office to talk about a suspension or two. Ryan and I were fucking
0: shut-ins. Well, uh, that'd be because I was gay, so (laughs) trying to pursue relationship drama was a big risk. Yes. Especially, um, I mean... Degrassi was actually kind of realistic in the sense that oh, there's only going to be two out gay people in the entire school. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, I hope you, I hope you like each other. Otherwise, you're just going to be lonely the whole time. Yep. Um, and then you uh, were just in high school. Your life goal was to like become a librarian and then just turn into books. I think. <laughs>
1: I was pursuing the Emily Dickinson model of life of eventually just returning to my room and communicating by letter. <laughs> uh,
0: and then Ryan had all his other stuff going on.
1: Yeah. Poor boy.
0: Yeah. Ryan actually could have been in an episode of Degrassi. Yes. I feel. But that's his story. Yes. Um. But yeah, like... After Marco and Paige left, then we had Riley. And then once Riley was done, then Fiona was like, you know what? I am a lesbian. And then she dated Imogene. And then Imogene was held back. So Fiona graduated. And then now that Fiona was gone, Imogene dated Jack. uh, And then she graduated and Jack vanished into the Degrassi black hole. (laughs) That's another thing. So you know how I said they'll come up with a whole bunch of characters and then see what sticks? Yeah. If you don't stick, you're gone. You're dust. You're like they take they take the Degrassi call and just go. Your story's done.
1: Oh wow! But at the same time, I'm I'm picturing Degrassi as being one of those bigger schools, like not like us. Like we had like how many people graduated from like this?
0: Ah, uh, I think. I mean, our school population was about a thousand. So just law of averages, it was probably about two fifty.
1: Yeah, and like I'm assuming that Degrassi is in Toronto. And having known people who live in bigger cities like Toronto, Montreal, and all that, they can have schools of like over couple, like, their graduating class is about 500.
0: Yeah, and also like, their rival school, Lakehurst, did burn down between season 6 and (laughs) 7 and all the Lakehurst students joined Degrassi, which means that, and as far as we know Lakehurst was never rebuilt. Oh, So Degrassi now basically has probably around twice as many feeder schools as the other schools do now. Yeah. And just if you follow the evolution of the school, they've clearly done remodeling and expansions on it. Yeah. So they, they can fit people. Yeah. I'm so, pretty sure they have a third floor.
1: Oh, yeah, probably. So we're probably talking about a population of about...
0: 3,000.
1: 3,000 at least.
0: So, yeah, you're, you are you are going to lose track of people. Yeah. And, like, some of them make sense. Like, if you don't want to be const- you If you don't want Leia to constantly be lying about knowing Pete Wentz, yeah. you're not going to associate with her.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Pete Wentz, who did appear in the... <laughs> In the season 8 finale movie, Degrassi goes to Hollywood. Oh my god. Um. So, anyway. Anyways. So the thing about Degrassi is that, it like, like you said, it is just kind of a slice of life show, and the only thing that really defines it is the fact that they're willing to go places that other teen shows aren't. Yeah. And, like I said, they have a very large cast. They will rotate characters in and out of episodes as they see fit. Yeah. Like... Their greatest seasons, i sorry, I'm back to gushing, but I, I gotta give context for how important Degrassi is to me. You're valid! I know! <laughs> Bitch, I might be. <laughs> um, But, so, from seasons 10 to 14, or no, season 10, 10, 11, 12, and I think 13, and then a bit of 14. Yeah. <laughs> the, those were the MTV seasons, and they had a telenovela format. Oh. Which meant that they did five episodes a week.
1: Okay. And
0: almost every episode was a two-parter. Okay. And that meant that even if you didn't see certain characters for, like, ten episodes, you knew that their stories were still going to happen. Yeah. And, like, also, their stories are happening even when you don't see them.
1: Okay. And
0: one thing I would like if, for the revival Degrassi, if it comes to fruition, is that they acknowledge stuff happening behind the black. Yeah. Um, mainly because one of the biggest weird things about Degrassi, there's a lot of characters who have siblings. Yeah. Imagine that, people with siblings. Um, but usually as soon as characters graduate, they're gone. They're in the wind. Yeah. And so then something major might happen to the sibling, like their parents get divorced, or they're broken up with, or they get cancer, or they have get pregnant, or they have a miscarriage. This all happened to Claire.
1: (laughs) Oh my god.
0: And her sister Darcy never once showed up.
1: Yeah, that's not that doesn't uh, unless like there's been like a major problem that the older sibling has had with the family, like I would be there. I would be there if something happened.
0: Yeah, and it's like, and I could understand, like even just throwing lines like, "Oh, they, they like they're gonna be here next week," and then the next time you see that character, it's like, "Yeah, they were able to visit for the weekend. They had to go back, but I was glad I got to see them again." Yeah, and so like even just kind of acknowledging, hey, you know, remember the rest of my family? <laughs> they're yeah. real.
1: Yeah, you can even have like phone calls or text messages, like do the whole like someone's texting and then you see like the text yeah did the split screen. They
0: thing. they kinda did that they tried to do that with the Twitter. Yeah. Where like they, they used to have all have character twitters. Well first they all had character blogs. Okay. Because it was the year two thousand one. Yeah. And they all had character blogs on the Nickelodeon website.
1: Yep. Because
0: they're <laughs> I'll give Degrassi credit. They've always been, like, had their finger on the pulse of, like, social media and what it means to teens. Yeah. Like, other other shows are trying to play catch up at Degrassi. Like, no, we know exactly what's going on and how this works.
1: Yeah. Probably because, you know, they have actual teen actors. Yeah.
0: They all had character blogs and then they had character Twitters. And, like, there was one, like, Claire had one tweet, like, four years after Darcy left. And it's like, I heard from Darcy again. It was nice to hear from her for once. So it's like maybe Percy did just ban the family. Yeah, she she, she left for like uh like a trip to Africa to help build homes for people, and then I guess she just stayed there forever.
1: Okay. Great on her, I guess.
0: Like, oh, my sister's dying. Whatever.
1: Oh, I got yeah.
0: houses to build. I recognize this probably because the actors are busy. Yeah. But even like that's why we you should drop lines like yeah they're coming on the weekend. Weekend happens. There's no episode on the weekend, and then after the weekend, yeah, we saw them on the weekend. Yeah. On that note, I do have to give a shout out to Chloe Rose, who plays Katie Matlin, who has always been available whenever something happens to her sister, Maya.
1: Okay, that's good.
0: Also, I'd, I made some spreadsheets,
1: okay. Christina,
0: <laughs> breaking down the percentages of people's grades oh. and then finding, like, on average, you have 9% of the cast are in grade 9. And then 18% are in grade 10, 11% are in grade 11, and then 29% are in grade 12. And then there's another 9% for staff and alumni each. Okay. But the average number of regulars is about 21. So when you break that down, you end up with a situation where you have two in grade 9, four in grade 10, five in grade 11, six in grade 12, two staff, and two alumni. Okay. But then I looked closer at the breakdown of stuff, and I realized that what will usually happen is they there are certain seasons or, like, certain classes where a grade is just left empty.
1: Okay. Because
0: you'll get a situation where you have characters in grade 12 and grade 11 because they've been around for a while. Yeah. And you also have characters who have just been introduced, so they're in grade 9, but you don't have yeah. anyone in grade 10. And you do that so that you have, like, you don't have a graduating class every single season. Yeah. You kind of leapfrog it. Okay. And then I remember, well, of course, we're starting from Revival. We don't yeah. want to introduce characters just to have them graduate at the end of the season. Yeah. So my final breakdown, and I also looked at the original cast numbers. (laughs) So my final breakdown suggestion would be six in grade nine, six in grade ten, and then three staff regulars for a star star level of 15. Yeah. And then we just do what Degrassi did, where it's like when we need a niche filled, we introduce that character. Or if we have a recurring character that the audience really responds to, we promote them to regular. Yeah. And we just, as we go on, we insert the characters as needed. Yeah. And then if we find we're in a situation where, like, we have a whole bunch of people in grades 11 and... 12, and 9, but only one character in grade 10, then we hold some people back. Okay. It's it's easy. You just say, oh, I was really terrible at biology, or, oh, I got a concussion. <laughs> Anyways, the other thing I was thinking, the the big connections to the original series, when Next Generation came around, yes. they had so, Emma, who yeah. was the child um,
1: from the original yeah. series.
0: Yeah. The first episode was called Mother and Child Reunion. <laughs> and then you had her mother, Christine, who for some reason was not a regular character until season 3. Okay. But she was also a regular character from season three until seven. And then after seven, like, that's when Emma went to college and wasn't yeah. his major character anymore. So, like, that made sense at least. Yeah. And she still made guest appearances when it was relevant. Yeah. You know, like, when Emma got married to Spinner, which we want to pretend didn't happen, but the anniversary episode came around. And like, no, no, they, they still got married. And we're like, why? They exchanged three lines in their entire run together.
1: I don't know. Maybe they got to know each other in No, nope, no,
0: that is incorrect.
1: Oh, they did not go to university
0: together. They did not go to... Spinner did not go to university at all. He didn't even get into cop school. Oh. You, oh, so here's what happened <laughs> in the season nine finale movie Degrassi Takes Manhattan. Okay. Emma returns from university for the summer. Yeah. And is looking for a summer job. And so she gets hired by Spinner. Uh, Spinner was going to be spending the summer with his girlfriend Jane, but then he found out that Jane had cheated on him with Declan, so he broke up with her. Okay. And then while he was drowning his sorrows... Emma burned down the restaurant that he owned. Oh, I remember
1: that. Because she was fucking around with a panini machine.
0: Exactly. With that he said, don't fuck around with a panini machine.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Goddamn Degrassi.
0: So I guess, so there was some arson, but it was accidental. Yeah. Um, And so then they were both down in the dumps. And so in order to like cheer them up, their mutual best friends, Manny and Jay, who are also dating, also say what you want about Jay, but Jay became a very good boy by the end, even though he was an absolute asshole at the beginning. Okay. Jay went through leaps and bounds of character development.
1: That's good. Dr-
0: driven purely by his love for Manny and how much he cares about Manny. Okay. So they take them to Niagara Falls and like, we're going to have a fun time gambling and have a guest swap star- by Mary Murphy. Okay. From So Thane Can Dance.
1: Yeah.
0: And then they get drunk married <laughs> in the Niagara Falls casino. <laughs> oh my god. And then they're like, well, we don't even know each other that well, so we better get divorced. And then they meet with the divorce lawyer, who's played by Colin Mockery.
1: Oh my god!
0: And so they're looking at the documents like, I guess if we sign these, we won't be married anymore. And then Spinner's like, I can support you. (laughs) And then they go to the parents like, so we're married now.
1: Oh.
0: And then they have like a real wedding at the beach.
1: Okay. And
0: then this is intercut with like Jane racing back, like, stop Spinner. But then she sees how happy he is with Emma. And she's like, I accept this. And then Liberty shows back after like not being there for a season and a half. And she's like, so what's going on? Oh, uh, Spinner and Emma got married. And she's like, Okay.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: Well, I never really liked either of you, so.
1: Okay. Emma, I was
0: only friends with you in college because you forced us all to room together because you have anxiety issues. Oh. Okay. Well, uh, no, no, she didn't have anxiety issues. Emma, Emma Nelson was actually kind of a bitch. Oh. She's kind of a terrible friend. <laughs> like, oh. Okay. I'm not fond of her.
1: Oh. Okay.
0: Anyways, the connections. Between Next generation, and So you had Emma. You had yeah. her mom, Christine. And you also had Snake. Yeah. That's not his legal name. His legal name is Archie. Yeah. I don't even know how he got the nickname Snake.
1: Me neither. Because
0: it's not like he was like an untrustworthy person or other. He's actually the nicest boy.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there was like a tattoo or something?
0: No, I don't think so. <sighs> I think maybe escaping from New York was really big that year.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> he went from the computer science teacher to the principal. Yeah. By the MTV season. And he might still be the principal when the revival comes around. Okay. Like, I can't see a reason for him retiring. I, I, when I was like planning for this, I briefly looked into what other people had thought of for like revival fix, and most of them just killed him.
1: Oh, (laughs) Oh. well, also like you could just have him move to a different school because that does happen. Yeah.
0: True. True. But the reason you want to keep the Snake and Christine around, not necessarily Emma, but keep Snake and Christine around is because Snake and Christine had a son. Oh. And if we were to start production of this revival as soon as possible.
1: Okay. Plus,
0: like, just factor in some of the time dilation. Yeah. That son is around the age that he can start at Degrassi. Okay. And so they do at least need to be in the same city or be dead. (laughs) But I think it makes sense to keep Snake as the principal.
1: Okay. And
0: then Jack... Can be, Jack Simpson can be the focal character much how Emma was the focal character in the initial seasons. Okay. Before everyone realized there were other characters they cared about more.
1: Yeah.
0: Like mainly the Paige, Marco, Ashley unit. Okay. Other alumni, we can have Marco show up again.
1: Yeah.
0: Marco was one of the only characters from season seven that showed up after season eight. And then Marco shows up again for guest spot in season nine.
1: Okay. Where he's
0: a student teacher. And then of course he shows up again in the alumni episode because there would be a ride if he didn't show up in the alumni episode. Um, But the point being that Marco could easily show up and be a teacher. Okay. Much like in the same way how Snake was just a random teacher and then one of the teachers from the original series, Radich, was now the principal in The Next Generation at the beginning. Then he got fired because he was bad at handling with school shootings. And so then uh, Daphne Hatzelakos got promoted from science teacher to Principal. principal. Thank you. Yeah. Uh and then she left to take care of her ailing mother in Regina. The only mention of Regina <laughs> in the entire Degrassi franchise.
1: Look, we take our mentions wherever we can get, like the one time that we got blown up by uh Marvel Comics.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> Great job, Alpha Flight. <sighs> um anyways, and then so if we keep Snake's principle for the beginning of yes. this and then we can Mark was a teacher and then also I want to bring back Holly J as, like, the guidance counselor. Okay. Because Holly J was another character who went through leaps and bounds of character development. Yeah. And I like her, but I think also in general she's much more liked by the fandom. Yeah. Than a lot of other people who went through character development stuff. Okay. Because you see you see it all go down. Yeah. She starts basically as the alpha bitch. Alpha bitch so powerful that she scares Paige, who has already graduated when she comes to Degrassi.
1: Oh,
0: part of this is because she's the younger sister of Heather Sinclair.
1: Okay. And Heather
0: Sinclair was a character who you never saw, yeah. But everyone knew about her just her deeds, her uh. dark deeds. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and was always talking about. Oh God, did you hear about what Heather Sinclair did? Oh my gosh. Um. So she was like the
1: Heather, um, Heather Chandler.
0: Basically, like that's the exact inspiration. Okay. And like they tried to like recapture that magic uh, in the later seasons with Heather Paulette, but she's only mentioned like three times, and then again like. Discard. It didn't work. It didn't have the same vibe as Heather Sinclair.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But yeah, so like there was a short where Paige and Holly J get into a fight. Mm -hmm. Paige Paige has recently graduated high school. Holly J is in, I think, grade 10. Okay. Holly J frightens Paige so much that Paige declares her the devil's child and flees. Oh. (laughs) And then Holly J's eyes glow red. Because (laughs) sometimes the shorts were just like that. Anyways, Holly J went through a lot, and i like her to show up to be the guidance counselor, mainly because that's the best role for her, I think, and also bring back Holly J.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Some other roles. That, so another thing about Degrassi is that they always seem to have the same situation where they have a focal point female character who's like a young, innocent ingenue yeah. who gets embroiled with a bad boy, and then briefly wakes up with the bad boy to break date a nicer boy, then something happens and they break up, and then she goes back to the bad boy by the end of it. And, but then by that point, the bad boy has, we assume he's softened up.
1: Okay. So
0: you had Emma and Sean, and then they didn't work out initially. So then Emma dated Peter, right? Oh no, first she dated Chris, then she dated Peter. But Peter was also a bad boy, and then she went back to Sean, and then they broke up, and then she married Spinner. <laughs> okay, whatever. Um, the more text work one is Claire and Eli, who I despise. As a couple. Okay. Because when Claire got pregnant, she didn't know if it was from sleeping with Eli or Drew because her and Eli were broken up at the time. But Eli, like, they had one last fling and then she slept with Drew. And then Eli's like, you got pregnant you don't know who the father was? Then you're a slut! Ew. And I'm like, oh, Eli, I don't like you anymore. And this, this was when she showed up to tell him... Hey, I actually did figure out you're the father, and I'm trying to let you know. And this isn't even me, like, trying to get back to you. I'm just trying to be polite and tell you. And he just completely destroys her. And I'm like, wow, why would she take you back? And Eli's, Eli's a character who's entirely built out of red flags.
1: Oh, what else did he do?
0: Um, Oh, I'm trying to... I, I want to make sure I state this context correctly. Because uh, he starts out... Like, Eli is Bipolar. And the bipolar stuff they actually handle decently in the sense that he takes meds for it. Okay. And when he goes off his meds, that's treated as a bad thing. Yeah. So Eli starts becoming very clingy with Claire because he's basically using her as a replacement for his last girlfriend who ended up uh, dying by suicide. Oh. And so then Claire is kind of scared of him because he's very creepy and possessive. After he realizes Claire set him up, he gets into Morty, that's his car, he drives a hearse, uh, calls her telling her that she ripped his heart out, mentions the road trip, and Claire tells him that she doesn't even like Morty and she thinks they should break up. He tells her that they were meant to be together and even says he loves her and that he'd just have to get rid of Morty. He then hangs up on Claire and proceeds to crash Morty, thinking the fact that he's doing it for her is romantic. He's seen at the hospital as Claire runs in, asking him what he did. He replies by saying that he crashed Morty and that it was worth it because she came. Eli says that he knew she would come, and Claire tells him that he's manipulating her. He denies this, and Claire tells him that he scares her, and she can't be with him anymore, ending the relationship. Claire starts to leave, and he grabs her wrist, and she shakes him off and leaves. Eli watches Claire leave, eyes full of sadness, as his dad comes in to try and comfort him. Uh... Then there's a whole thing about where he tries to write a play to convince Claire to uh, take him back, and then he keeps on rewriting it, depending on whether he loves or hates her at the time, because Claire is trying to deal with another bad boy named Fitz, who's a bully, but then he becomes a again Christian, which is a bad combination, especially when you're a teenager. Yeah. And in the end, they do end up getting together, and that's bad, and I don't like it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, everything about this is just wrong. So we're not gonna do that.
0: Yeah, the the only one I can kind of get behind is Maya and Zig, who were like like as after Eli graduated and Claire was uh, like going towards graduating, Maya and Zig are bought into a set of, like, oh, you're you're, you're going to be the next Claire, but that I can actually get behind because Zig's like all of Zig's bad boy stuff. He's kind of like forced into it through a revival. Like, he makes some bad choices and then just gets stuck in a loop. The reason I can get behind Zig and Meyerly is that he never treats her poorly. okay. Like, even, like, sometimes he's a like a, a dick to her, but it's not, it's never really deal-breaker stuff. It's just yeah. t- teenage hormones and fighting. He's yeah. never cruel. That's what I'm trying to get okay. to. Okay,
1: he's never cruel.
0: He- yeah, and he's never manipulative.
1: Okay, that's good.
0: We never get a part, I'm pretty sure, where Maya says, Zig, you scare me.
1: That's...
0: I think the closest is, Zig, I'm scared for you.
1: Yeah, because he's getting himself into situations that could go very wrong very fast. Yes.
0: The the worst thing he does do is be basically the straw that breaks the camel's back and cause Maya's boyfriend Cam to die of suicide. Oh. But, like, it's never him saying, go kill yourself. He's just, like, he's being a jerk and he's saying, stay away from Maya, you're a creep. But then as soon as he realizes that he's partly responsible, he's like, oh, God, what have I done? (laughs) And he, he, I mean, that's part of another reason why he gets driven into the gang. It's just like he can't live with himself. Yeah. And eventually he brings himself back and Maya never actually blames him for Cam's death. Okay. So it would be interesting, since we've already said that Jack's going to be the focal character, it'd be interesting if Jack became involved with a bad girl. Okay. And not a bad girl of the Esme flavor, a bad girl in the same kind as the bad boy. Where they make bad decisions and they might be involved with some darker stuff. And part of their character arc is, like, trying to get out of that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Um, and then
0: Jack can be the innocent ingenue.
1: Yeah. I like that. Um, As for bad behavior, typical drug dealing sort of stuff?
0: Yeah, that seems to be the go-to.
1: Yeah. Like, I would say, maybe not the hard stuff, but, like, stuff that students would be looking for. Like, Adderall and Ritalin.
0: Yeah. They did actually touch on, like, people sharing their Ritalin in the first season. Yeah. Because Spinner has ADD. He gives some to Jimmy to help him focus. Yeah. And that does not go over well. Yeah. Because then, well, for one thing, you have Jimmy on Ritalin, and so he's out of it. And then also you have Spinner missing a dose of Ritalin. Oh, no. So in conclusion, that basketball game went terribly. Yeah. Some other stuff I'd like to see... Um, more trans characters. Yes. In the entirety of Degrassi, they've only ever had two non-cis characters. Yeah. Three, if you can't, Chaz Bono's guest spot. Okay. (laughs) Um, there was Adam, who was played, he was played very well by an actress, but he was played by a cis female actress. Okay. And, like, it's not great, and I the only kind time I'm kind of willing to accept cis people playing trans people is when they're of a young age. Yeah. And you either... You have to be... Either get the, exactly the right kind of trans person who they're willing to go through a transition on camera and go through all of that stress and potentially have to present as not their gender for a significant amount of time. Yeah. Before they're allowed to express themselves properly on the show. And it's because of the character. And so... You get stuck in this impasse of wanting to develop the character at an actual rate, but also needing needing like to accommodate this trans person. Yeah. So your other option also is to find a trans person who is completely transitioned, at yeah. least in terms of presentation, and is willing to. I mean, there probably are plenty of trans people who are willing to like be visibly trans at the age of thirteen on national television. Yeah. Actually, so I guess that's not as big a thing. And it it was a different time, which doesn't make it right, but it does make it less surprising. Yeah. And like, I understand they're there that they went with a female actress playing a trans man
1: yeah i, it's, I think it was supposed to be fairly early into the transition or? yeah
0: like because he had not even started tea yeah he was about to start tea and then he died
1: oh
0: which was the, that, the, <laughs> that was the other I, I can i can forgive a lot of stuff with adam because just jordan to plays him so well i can't forgive the fact that he dies from texting and driving yeah. The, the only upside to that is that it was not trans violence.
1: Yeah, that But was, instead
0: it's just like, oh, I was busy texting my love interest and now I've been dead.
1: Yeah, like, okay. Um, texting and driving is a serious problem. In fact, you should probably learn situational awareness. Yeah. Especially when you're driving and also walking on the streets. Apparently the city of Ottawa was uh, considering implementing a bylaw where um, if you are, if you're a pedestrian crossing the street you cannot be on your phone. Yeah. Which, fair. Yes. And having lived in Ottawa, those motherfuckers are crazy drivers. <laughs> oh, God. You have to be absolutely aware of what's going on. It is a bad mixture of Ontario and Quebec drivers and also other people who have diplomatic immunity.
0: Yay.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah. Um, the only other non uh, major character was uh Yael. Okay. And they are also played by a cis female actress. Okay. And they come out as, like, realize and come out as non-binary Okay, in, I think it was the fourth season. So the last, yeah. the very last season.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and that was handled really well, but again, it was not a non-binary actress. Yeah. And that one I kind of understand because I feel like that was... We're getting handled as good as we can, but we don't want to just introduce a character solely for the sake of non-binary. We want it to be something realized by an existing character. Yeah. And there are elements of Yael that you kind of feel like they're not not—they're not quite straight. They're not quite cis. There's there's some stuff going on that they're in their area of queer. Yeah. Apparently in the planning stages, uh, they were going to be a butch lesbian.
1: So, I guess... The other consideration is, like, what these actors are going to be comfortable with because they are, they're they still teenagers and yeah. figuring themselves out, too. Yeah,
0: so, like, to bring in more non—like, to bring in more non-cis characters, you need to put out a casting call for non-cis actors and actresses. Yeah. There's not a gender—I think people just use actresses as gender-neutral, um, but that kind of stuff. So you can get people who, like, they basically— are prepared for what they're getting into yeah like you're, you're gonna have to be the, the face of trans canada or the face of trans canada <laughs> or the face yeah. of non-binary canada on yeah. this show are you willing to uh basically be the trailblazer
1: yeah and also the writers producers and directors have to be very aware like don't push these these people too far
0: yeah like, basically, any plot that revolves around a significant, like, significantly revolves around their gender stuff is going to have to preface with, like, are you okay with this? Are you okay with this development? Are you okay with this line? Even? Yeah.
1: Also, like, consult people. The actors, but also, like, people within various communities. Like, how do we handle this? Or, or what's your opinion on this? What's your opinion? Et cetera, et cetera, ad nauseum. If we're going to talk about religious stuff, be like the Prince of Egypt who consulted about 300 experts... nice yeah from the three major abrahamic faiths and egyptologists
0: oh um, awesome yeah
1: about like how to how to go about the prince of egypt which is the story of moses yeah yeah
0: um some other stuff i would like more first nations characters yes uh throughout i don't think there was any in the first degrassi and in next generation there are only two and i only count cam because apparently the actor has a significant first nations heritage but like i've never heard much about that grace was like the primary first nations character and she well like she was visibly first nations okay. because like her last name was cardinal and her mother was played by a first nations actress as well and like was all, like they had some stuff in when we see her house we see some stuff that is clearly first nations paraphernalia yeah i'm i'm pretty sure maybe that's just a pipe dream maybe i was just hoping that that's <laughs> what happened but, like, you, you can't argue that she's not, because she clearly is. But there's also no plots about her being First Nations. Yeah. And, again, like, I don't want a character who solely revolves around... I am the First Nations character. I'm here to tell you about First Nations issues, and now I'm in the black hole. Because okay. we ran out of subplots for me. Yeah. And I think, really, there's a lot of stuff with uh, heritage and non-white people that we should bring in.
1: Yeah.
0: Because they've done decently for diversity, but and i like the fact that usually the the heritage is not the primary aspect of the character um, but it also doesn't always inform the plot necessarily
1: yeah um so again assuming that degrassi is in toronto because do they ever say that they are in
0: they're toronto? in toronto yeah
1: okay yeah so it doesn't look like they're... they're actually
0: the school is named for degrassi street
1: yeah there are over 14,000 first nations people who live in toronto um i we would have to do research on what nation would be represented.
0: Well, or, so here's what I'm thinking, because, like, when it comes to race, they, they had a, one long, very good season about racism, specifically anti-black stuff, and all the stuff that comes with that. Yeah. But they, for a long time, they didn't have great black characters, in the sense that they didn't get a lot of depth, and especially the black women. Yeah. Didn't really get much character development until Shay near the later seasons while we would definitely I think I would definitely want to look for a black woman character I don't want to write down this character is going to be the black woman yeah I think what we should the best thing we should do like cast our non-cis people yeah and then find out figure out the other character archetypes yeah And, like, so this character is going to be the bad girl, and this character is going to be the jock, and this character is going to be computer. This character is going to have issues at home. There's, like, all, like, the other social archetypes. Okay. And then, Then and then we basically blind cast them. Yeah. And then depending on who ends up as what kind of heritage, yeah, that's when you can say, okay, so you are going to be the computer person, but you're also the black girl. And so we are going to figure out some plots for you that are informed by your identity. Okay.
1: Yeah. And for the record, Toronto is an Iroquois area. Okay. Yeah.
0: When people criticize Degrassi for its not great treatment of the black female characters, yeah. people point out, okay, but Liberty was there since season one, and she's a black girl. And then people counter, but you could have easily made that a white girl and changed nothing, because there is nothing about her being black that yeah. informed the character. And you do like we're both white. Yes, super so white. If we're completely talking out of our asses, please let us know. Yeah, but. Like, from what I understand, it is good when the character does not revolve around their race, but also the race still informs the character.
1: I guess how I see it, it's kind of like a lens that you add.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's another layer of the character, and you don't want all their plots to be about that. But if you don't have any about that, then it's kind of like, you just threw this character into this role without any regard for what it means. Yeah. And, like, there are some really weird examples of that. And I think the biggest one is... So Frankie's subplot in uh, Season 2 of Next Class is that she's racist. And she doesn't realize she's racist. And people tell her she's racist. And she's not willing to accept that she's racist. Oh, no. But the thing is, it's only ever... Like, the racism for her is only ever defined as anti-black. Because her... Oh, wait. Okay. I have no idea what Jonah's ethnicity is. I think he might be First Nations, but he could also be Middle Eastern... I, because I don't know the actor's heritage, so I don't know the character's heritage. But okay. he's not white. And he's trying to point out to her that he's she's racist, but it never becomes, I am uncomfortable with you being racist because I am not white. Yeah. And then there's a, a part where Maya is like sick, so she can't go to recording sessions. So Frankie goes in her stead. And the band members there say, oh, you, there's a viral video of you being racist, and so I don't want to associate with you. But one guy is Middle Eastern, and the other guy is Indian. And neither of them say, I'm uncomfortable with you being racist because we are not white and you are racist. Yeah. Also, that one was kind of wrapped up with, I have learned not to be racist. And then they put a pin in it and was it done. Oh, great. Don't worry about this anymore because we just had a bus crash and put three people in a coma.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. When it comes to writing staff, we're going to have as diverse as possible and definitely consult with experts.
0: Yes. Yeah. I'm trying to, is there anything you, oh, um, male body image.
1: Yeah. That is a thing that should be more addressed because men do indeed have issues with, um, like anorexia as a thing.
0: Yeah. It's male. I've found that male body issues come in the vein of overworking yourself, yeah. but th- like there's a lot of stuff where it starts with uh, eating disorder. Like, oh, I got go to go do an eating disorder before I overwork myself. Yeah. And it, so then you just get in trouble with that.
1: Yeah, and I don't think it's necessarily the the starving that a, a female identifying person would do. It's more of the trying to eat healthy. In quotation, and then terms,
0: you starve yourself.
1: And then you start starving. It, it doesn't initially start with starving yourself. It's more. Well, like no, I
0: think I don't. I think that's. I think when it comes to eating disorders, actually they're pretty similar across okay. all genders okay. because yeah, because even women, I, I'm sure I don't just I, jump to immediately too. I'm going to purge that yeah, there's because, probably a lot like, of women who's trying start,
1: to get like a model heroin cheek thin yeah. versus like a guy, like you have to eat to build muscle. I guess it's more of like the protein, the keto diets, like cutting yeah. out.
0: That kind of stuff. Cause yeah. they're, they've touched on it before, but it's, Like, unlike other plots where it informs the character going forward, these are very much, like, one-time, very special episode-type things. Yeah. Where Toby stops eating to go in a lower weight class for wrestling. Okay. Because he doesn't think he's good enough to fight at a higher weight class.
1: Okay, And then
0: Tristan, like, does the combination of overworking himself and starving himself. Yeah. And that that also has the uh, additional layer of he's gay-
1: Oh. And
0: gay men, I think, have the worst when it comes to body image.
1: Yeah, because from what I understand, there's a lot of aesthetic.
0: Oh, yeah. Very,
1: like, it's born from a place of trying to claim something as part of your identity. Yeah. But it, it almost gets too focused on aesthetics. Yeah. And there's a lot of, like, ageism and... Body image issues.
0: And then it and also does come from the media, where it's yeah. like, okay, well, we'll, well, fine, we'll give you gay representation. But they have to be men, and they have to be white, and they have to be attractive. And that just compounds it. Yeah, um, it becomes
1: like a feedback
0: loop. Yeah, the, so- the socially acceptable, attractive gay people become the icons, and so people emulate that. And because they're the most seen members of the gay community, they become the representation. So yeah, it is like a feedback loop. Exactly. Yeah. So, but like, these were only one episode things. And the other thing that kind of sucks with Tristan and it's kind of out of our hands, but uh, the actor ended up losing a lot of weight between season 12 and 13 anyways. Yeah. So by the, like, near the end of his character stuff, he does look like a more, like, the the usual yeah. gay, the usual sassy gay, yeah. thin, twink, all that, all of that kind of stuff. stuff. Yeah. And I would never tell a character you're not allowed to get fit for the yeah. sake of your character. Yeah. But I think, like, if that should happen, the body image still reflect I, I've, I don't think I've ever actually been overweight, but I've been heavier before.
1: Yeah.
0: And I've worked on my eating habits and my exercise habits to become lighter. But even when you start dropping weight and you reach a more socially standardized, acceptable body weight, that voice in your head is still saying, not good enough. Yeah. And, or even like, not necessarily that, but like, Every time people commented on how good I looked, I just felt this thing like, oh, did you mean I didn't look good before? Yeah. And then I'd eat cookies out of spite. Yeah. Which is a weird coping mechanism.
1: Yeah. And we also have to be careful, like, to remember that, like, it's not bad if you do want to get into a certain body shape out of health reasons. Like, genuine health reasons.
0: Yeah. Well, even beyond that, I feel like everyone has a body type that they're more comfortable with.
1: Yeah. Uh, And like being a bigger person, like there shouldn't be shame about that. Yeah. But if you're a bigger person who does want to, say, get to something that's a bit more healthy, in quotation marks, and like there's different bodies for different types of sports. Exactly. Again, we're at the high school, a lot of people do sports. National Geographic, um, you can look this up online, they did a spread of all sorts of different athletes, uh, Olympic-level athletes, and all the different body types that they have. And not just, like, Olympic sports. I think they had, like, a sumo wrestler there, and they had a couple archers and all that sort of stuff. Jockeys, again, different heights, different weights. Because there's different requirements for what you're going to
0: do. And also, like, when it comes to muscle, you don't always see the visible muscle. Like, professional weightlifters, they they usually look like... Big guy. Well, they 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 are big yeah. guys and big women, and so actually, it'd be interesting if, at the the tender age of fifteen, someone saying my goal is to become a professional weightlifter, <laughs> yeah.
1: but um, and they
0: stick with it pretty much the whole time. Yeah. And also, one last note on body stuff is that The Biggest Loser, which is a terrible, terrible show oh, that God. no one should watch, yeah. but it did demonstrate that you can be eating the healthiest diet you can, and I'm talking, I'm not talking fad diet where like all you eat is kale. I'm talking like actual balanced, healthy diet, yeah. and have lost weight and still be fat and still look yeah. overweight, but you're also still healthy.
1: Yeah,
0: health is. More about how you feel. Yeah. Like, like hey, listeners, do you feel like you're healthy right now? Then you're healthy.
1: Yeah. Like, honestly, like, yeah, I look skinny. I look, like, how you're supposed to look when you're, like, five foot two. But, honestly, like, I do have, um, this weird feeling in my stomach all the time. I need to go to a doctor to figure out, like, if this is a diet thing or if it's bad gut bacteria. Mm. Yeah.
0: Um... But yeah, in conclusion, yes. and <laughs> we've done it. We've broken body image down to its bare essentials. Um so Okay, I want to taper this off on a more lighter note, because yeah. I think we hit all the kind of social stuff, Yeah. but also Degrassi is about high school, and while you might have an episode dealing with heavy, heavy social stuff, you can also simultaneously have an episode about trying to win a competition to win concert tickets by being the person with your hand on the car the longest, <laughs> <laughs> or trying to win the Rube Goldberg machine competition.
1: Science fairs and all that fun stuff.
0: Yes, so um, yeah, do do science fair. Or like uh,
1: magazine subscription drives. I remember doing that. We used to have, like...
0: Is that still the, a thing?
1: I don't know.
0: I cannot remember the last time a okay. child came to my door telling me, buy my coupon book. Cookies. Cookies. Yes. Yes. I feel like a lot of these things are actually more elementary school.
1: Yeah. Um, but
0: there, there's definitely still bake sales at high schools. Yeah. I have an episode where the A-plot is just, like, the two most A-type characters <laughs> are, have competing uh, bake sale booths.
1: Blood donations I remember when blood blood service- drive yes yeah, when Blood service Canada came to the school and I apparently passed out though I felt like I took a nap
0: I remember when I tried to help my friend by encouraging her and I caused her to pass out
1: oh no um, also- there actually
0: there was a blood drive episode but that did touch on social stuff because Marco was the one organizing it and the the nurse came over and said we can't accept your blood because you've had sex with a man in the past year.
1: Oh, yeah, that bullshit.
0: Which is still real.
1: I know. I'm...
0: And so, hey, I'm sorry. I'm, I know people need blood, but f- you're not getting my blood because you don't want it.
1: Oh, God. And that's especially if you have a rare blood type. Like, I'm O-type. Um, I'm all positive, so thank God I'm not the universal donor and have to have a specific blood type in order to in order to live. But at the same time, I need O-type blood.
0: Yeah. And it's like, okay, our, our Regina Pride... Like yeah. the fair is actually pretty good in the sense that, like, it's mostly local businesses who show up at the pride yeah. events and not corporations. Yeah. And a majority of the corporations that do show up, like, they tend to put their money when their where their mouth is. Yeah. Um, but also it was just so wild seeing a blood drive, like the Blood Canada booth there, yeah, blood and then blood a Canada. few booths down having people with the petition saying "End the ban on male yeah. blood," essentially. And
1: like. Oh my god, like, how has this not become, like, part of a platform for some politician who's aiming to, co- to become Prime Minister? That would be a big thing.
0: I don't know, I'm surprised that's not as big a thing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe I should just <laughs> go start protesting outside their office. Yeah. Like, just hold up a sign, you don't want my gay blood.
1: And look, I have joked about becoming Prime Minister someday, but there are times when, I, when I'm like, maybe I should.
0: Uh, what's some other high school stuff? Um, driving lessons. Yes! I cannot remember the last time I saw someone take driving lessons in any teen show.
1: And that is fucking hilarious. <sighs> like, pretty much you're always going to be on, like, uh, the, the automatic system, but, like, what if somebody had the ambitions of going standard?
0: Oof. <laughs> Oh.
1: Time would cry.
0: What if, okay, what if we have a character who their entire character is, they're the carboy. Yes!
1: We have the entire, like, just shout out to our friend Ty and all the gearheads An entire,
0: here. an entire episode about the car meetup hierarchy. <laughs> yeah! Someone tries to start the Civic Club at school. (laughs) And the teachers are like, oh, you're learning about, like, city planning and stuff? Like, no, this is for Hondas.
1: (laughs) Car mods. Shitty car mods. Car mods.
0: An entire... (laughs) Degrassi presents a shitty car mods.
1: Because, like, that is such a thing about teens, too. It's like, our cars, our rides. Let's see how many kids we can pack into one Honda Civic. We managed to get eight one time. Oh, boy. Yeah. In winter, too. And Regina doesn't plow properly, so yay!
0: Freaking, like, ba- basically the scene out of Greece where, like, Kinnicky drives up with, like, a, it's only him in the car, and then he taps on the trunk and, like, four people climb out. <laughs> yes.
1: Or, like, hell, um, at the beginning of the recent season of Riverdale, they, they brought out the old hot rod. Like, have some hot oh, yeah. rod stuff. That could be an ongoing plot about some kid fixing up an old car.
0: And, and it's with one of their parents. Yeah. And then the parent dies.
1: Oh.
0: Because we gotta get some angst in there.
1: Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> we what? have to
0: have them dramatically look out into the middle distance. And then the hard rock theme start, starts playing. <laughs> is Whatever it takes, I know I can make it through. Anyways, I feel like we've covered a lot of stuff. Yeah. So. Gonna do a friendship promo. This one's a bit different. Because this isn't a pre-made friendship promo. I'm actually gonna give a shout out to a big name Degrassi fan named Carrie runs a YouTube channel called Degrassi corner where he does Degrassi news and commentary and just like looking back like he did reviews of the show once the show was still airing. And now that it's pretty much done, it's stuck in limbo slash canceled. He just, he does like looking back episodes every once in a while. And like talks about like, like on this day in Degrassi every once in a while. (laughs) And he's, he's, pretty consistently active on social media and he talks about Degrassi but he's basically like the cornerstone of Degrassi fandom I found okay so if you want to get like learn more about Degrassi or you like Degrassi and have just not really known how to get into fandom stuff his youtube channel is Degrassi Corner and he can be found on twitter at Carrie Degrassi that's k-a-r-y-d-e-g-r-a-s-s-i cool you can find me on the internet at SparkyUpstart on Twitter and at SparkyYoungUpstart on Instagram. Lindsay, where can people find you?
1: You can find me at lindsaym476, that's lindsay spelled with an A, on Twitter, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tamara, where can people find this podcast?
0: You can find this very podcast on Twitter at n-i-i-r-y-f-pod. Those are the letters for Not if I Reboot You First, and it's pronounced... You told me to play basketball.
1: You can also find this podcast on Instagram at notify first. The hashtag is n i i r y f, and that is pronounced. This is ecstasy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, you can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash notify reboot you first, and we have a plethora of perks you can get from donating us to there. The main one being that if you donate a dollar a month, you can get a shout out from us, like. Charlie.
1: Thanks, Charlie. Thanks,
0: Charcy. Wait what? Charcy? I com- this is, like
1: new white mom name.
0: I combine surname with sur pronouns.
1: Oh
0: no. Anyways, okay. Charlie, you do whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also have an email address and not reboot you first at gmail.com. You can send us your comments, your critiques, your criticisms, your degrassi OTP. And if you'd like to be a guest, you can send us a hint on what you'd like to talk about, but don't tell us the whole thing, because we still like to be surprised.
1: Tanner, do you want a hint for next week's episode? Yes. Next week, we are going to a strange hidden world in Newfoundland.
0: So I guess we'll see that next week, but not if we reboot you first. Bye. Now the neighbors are going to be concerned about us instead of the other way around.